Southwestern family of companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, our diversely and amazingly accomplished guests share their insights and inspirations to help us ignite our own. So let's invest attention together to breathe, to reflect and refocus, and decisively defeat that voice we call Mr. Mediocrity. Then let's enjoy moving forward to make a positive difference in our world. This episode is sponsored by Southwestern Speakers. Southwestern Speakers is comprised of top producing thought leaders, authors, and experts who deliver dynamic presentations that shift the hearts and minds of audiences worldwide. Our team of experienced agents can guide you to find the right speaker for your annual conferences, meetings, and events, providing outstanding service from start to finish. Southwestern Speakers goes above and beyond to elevate your event and offers additional programs to extend the impact of our speaker's presentation long after they have left the stage. Welcome to the Action Catalyst. This is your host, Dan Moore. We are with Gloria Mayfield-Banks, Dr. Gloria Mayfield-Banks, and we are so excited that she is with us. She's going to share some things about her career, but I'd like to share with you that she is a Motown native of Detroit, a graduate proudly of Howard University and of Harvard Business School, and later on in life was selected as Director of Admissions for Harvard Business School, recruiting candidates internationally as well as all across the U.S., through a, a personal difficulty in her life, she found she had to really restart her entire career. And she found a way forward through direct selling with one of the great companies, Mary Kay. Faster than anyone had ever done it, Gloria has built an amazing organization. Until today, out of the thousands and tens of thousands of people involved in Mary Kay, she is number three in the country and number one among all of their many African-American participants. Built a phenomenal organization of people. Mary Kay is the company for women and is helping people move forward and empowered in so many ways. She does a lot of speaking, a lot of consulting, a lot of coaching. She lives her life in a way that is vibrant and energetic. She's married to Kenneth Banks, who's president and CEO of Banks Contracting, and they've got four adult children, and now make their home proudly in Good Morning, Baltimore. So, <laughs> that's exciting. So welcome, Gloria Mayfield-Banks, to the Action Catalyst. Yeah, oh, Dan, I'm so very excited to be here with you and all your listeners. This is a very exciting time, and I, I love what you're broadcast stands for. So I'm very excited to dive in. Good, good. Well, we will do that. Well, let, let's start right away with something that affects just about everybody. And that's when they're going through their career path and they hit suddenly around a corner, a brick wall. They're, they're going right through everything. And then suddenly their nose is flattened up against their face and they were not expecting it. Can't see around it, can't see over it, can't see through it. What, what do you or have you found to be most helpful when you hit one of these unexpected seemingly insurmountable obstacles. How do you keep together mentally, emotionally, and what do you do? Well, that's a really powerful question to ask. And I think that no one gets to the top of the game without having to figure this out, what they will do because they've number one, been through it. And number two, they know it will happen again. You don't get through life or to, to the top of the ranks in life without having that happen to you over and over again. I am proud to say that since that accolade sheet came out, I'm number one in all of Mary Kay in North America. Awesome. So been, yeah, thank you. It's been really an exciting and exhilarating uh, climb to the top. However, there are some times when I have been faced with a, how can I put it? Bam! From the side. <laughs> <It> just, <laughs> 
I, I can't describe it anything other than a bam from the side, something you didn't expect and you know you have to overcome it. So I'm going to tell what I have done for myself. Number one, I am a specific collector of role models that I allow to pour into me when I'm challenged. I know, number one, to reach up. I know, number two, when to hang up. And I know, number three, who I'm going to allow into my circle, who's going to pour into me, who's going to tell me what I need to know, who's going to tell me the truth, and who's not going to let me stay in a place that's dangerous. I also know another rule, which is um, the longer you stay in darkness, the harder it is to get out of darkness. So I am a pro at emotional management, number one, because I decided to become a pro at emotional management. And number two, I understand the definition, really understand it. And I teach that the way you feel a lot of times is a choice. And when you collect people who thrive on your sadness, you will have more people that will help you sustain your sadness or to sustain your complaining or your sustain your grumbling as opposed to people who are like, yeah, 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 yeah. We know that's true. We know that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. We know that's a fact. We know that's a fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they end every sentence with, what are you going to do about it? Mm. What are you going to do about it? I know that in everything, like whether it's in my business or my life, it is, are you going to quit or are you going to stay? Those are the two questions I ask myself first, like about almost everything. Are you going to quit or are you going to stay? Even when I'm trying to cook something, I am not the best cook in the world. Although I can go on YouTube and if it doesn't come out well, I can say to myself, am I going to throw it out or am I going to eat it? And sometimes (laughs) I need to throw it out. (laughs) Right. So for me, um, I can go through some of those times, but I find the right person. I manage my emotional management. I understand the most expensive party you can have is a pity party. So I have to shift quickly. That is a powerful quote. Most expensive party is a pity party. So you find quickly by getting with other people that basically yeah. will give you the kick when you need the kick and remind you that you're good. And right. Pull through that. Right. Right. So don't, don't try to deal with the brick wall alone, in other words. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Very important that you don't deal with. And it's very important that in your not dealing with it alone, the people that you feed in, that feed into you, feed into who you are. They don't give you a lot of rhetoric that they give to everybody else. They understand you and they talk to you. And that's the same thing when I'm talking to someone else who needs to be shifted. I need to understand their gifts and talents so that it doesn't sound like it's a, you know, just a regular statement that you would say to anybody. It has to touch their soul. Right, right. It'd be like if you walked into a doctor and the doctor says, you need surgery and these three aspirin. And you say, well, doctor, can I tell you what I'm dealing with first? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah. pour, into the, pour into them as individuals. Right. Uh, you, you made a statement a minute ago, people to know who you should reach up to, people you should hang up on and people mm-hmm. you should pull in on. Right. Should, should we be a little bit more intentional about hanging up on certain people that are just not bringing out the best in us or themselves? I think most people... Do not choose to be emotionally in control because they allow other people to feed into their thoughts before they've made up their mind 
who they are. So, you know, it goes back to where do you want to live? Well, I decided to get an apartment over there. And they say, well, why'd you move over there? Blah, blah, blah. And they start doubt, 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 doubt. I think we have to be fast to hang up on people because you have one life to live and their choice is not necessarily your choice. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no way that I could have made many of the significant choices that I've made in my life had I listened to some people that on a piece of paper, um, people would deem them as important. But what, who's important to me? Not people who agree with me, but people who can help me with my thought process. Mm-hmm. Not tell me what to think, but can help me with the thought process. Right, right. Because if we can figure out how to think, we can figure out what to think. Right. We exactly. know how that process works. Right. Well, I think that's absolutely fantastic. Um, you've, you've grown consistently too, uh, as a person with your different experiences, with your with your different adventures, and as successful as you are. I mean, number one in one of the best best companies in the world. How do you avoid complacency and just saying, "I can coach now"? I think I have actually arrived. Uh huh. Yes, that's a great question because I learned some time ago what makes me tick. Mm-hmm. And I don't apologize for it. And I don't justify it to other people. And I don't like or let, I should say, I don't let their description of who I am cloud the cloud my motivation. I am competitive. I like the race. Mm-hmm. It juices me. It gives me energy. It gives me clarity. It gives me a direction. It helps me become strategic. I also realize that everyone is not that way. And I also know that I don't need a team of people who are like me. I need a team of people who are best at being best at who they are. So what has prevented me so much from getting bored because I had other jobs before I built my own business. I've been building my American business for over 30 years. And I'm never bored because every single person I come in contact with is a different person that operates a different way. So mm-hmm. for me, at the beginning of my year, at the beginning of a contest, at a, I picked the right industry for me. I'm in sales. And for me, winning is huge. And mm-hmm. I teach people how to win. And I love how to win. So I, I never get complacent. There's all, and even when I'm at the top of my game, at the top of my game, when no one else is in front of me, I know how to put things in front of me that make me tick. That's good. And energy creates energy. Exactly. As you move into exactly. that. Oh, that's so big, Dan. When I'm talking to people and they're asking me to help them um, move in a bigger direction, After I talk to them for a while, I look them dead in the eye and I say, you know, one of the first things we need to change is your energy. You can define it as energy. You can define it as passion or lack thereof, but you cannot quantum leap without an understanding of what makes you want to get up in the morning and makes you hate to go to bed at night. Mm. It's an ideal state for being a highly productive and ultimately happy person. <laughs> yes. I think it's good. Well, if I can expand a little bit, a moment ago you said that you delight in being surrounded by people that are not the same as you. Right. Uh, I know part of the role of any direct selling leader is to develop other strong leaders. Yes. Um, 
how do you avoid those inevitable clashes? In other words, if you're a driver personality and you're dealing with somebody like me who is more of an amiable with the ability to be expressive if he needs to, uh-huh. uh, how do you prevent overpowering a person like that or vice versa? The, the leader that is more a team builder, but dealing with a really powerful person that just is a driver type. My, my first piece of advice when I meet a person is what makes you happy? What makes you feel good in your career? What makes you happy? What makes you feel good? So, you know, how some people will say, I don't like the recognition. I don't like to be out front. I don't turn to them and say, no, you have to like to be out front. No, you have to like the recognition. That's not what they like. I also believe, I believe so strongly in this. Take a person as far as they can see and they will see further. Hmm. I did not see the bigness of Mary Kay when I signed my agreement. I didn't even want the bigness of Mary Kay. I came into this business to make some extra money, period. In the conversation. I had a whole nother thought of where my career was going to take me. And thus I went to Harvard Business School. Thus I would network with people who were in the C-suite. That I, I wasn't even thinking about entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So I know that you can fall in love with more when you're exposed to more. And I also know it's okay not to embrace everything. So for me, if I met a person that was different than me, which I do all the time, I, I always ask them to look back at a time in their life when they were shining. Mm. And what did they love most about that time? Was it because of your children? Was it because of security? Was it because of control? Was it because of travel? Was it because of how you can make decisions? What fueled you when you were happiness and when you were on fire? Everybody is on fire at some time in their life. You need to find that time, recreate it in your mind, because if you can recreate that time in your mind once, you can recreate that imagination again that will serve you in this current moment. Mm -hmm. It's really finding something that uh, my CEO calls a confidence anchor. Your past experience that where you where you won and you think about winning and how that felt. Yes. Become a confidence anchor. Right. Instead of being surrounded by the rapids and the storms that say you can't do anything. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I I think uh, I love that confidence anchor mm-hmm. because I think after integrity, the thing you need the most is confidence. Mm-hmm. And it's dynamic. And you asked um, one of the things that we talk about when you're overcoming a tough situation. It is your confidence that you need. And it is the confidence that gets shaken. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people, you have to know this. You have to know that confidence is something you build over and over and over again. You never become confident and sustain it. Because once you become confident, that confidence takes you to another level. And when you get to the new level, you've got to rebuild your confidence again. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the concept of, of flow. The only way to stay in a state of flow is if the challenges grow and our skills grow along with them. Correct. That's really, really where you are. Correct. Ooh. This is so good. You sure you've only written one book? Have you written like 25 or 30 so far? <laughs> Don't get me started. Don't get me started. That hotel room gets real lonely when you're writing a book. <laughs> oh, I get it. I get it. Um, 
would you mind sharing us a little bit about your book, Quantum Leaps? Uh, ten, ten steps to help you soar. Yeah. by simple truths and, and yes. just share that with us. Yes. Oh my gosh. That story is such a great story. Our friend Mac Anderson heard me speak and he came to me. He says, you need to write a book. And I'm like, Mac, I am not writing a book. And he said, you need to write a book. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not writing a book. I'm dyslexic. I'm not writing a book. All Everything I've ever trained is, is um, recorded. He is so good. That's why I love who we are. I love people who follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up, because a no in one moment does not mean a, mo- a no forever. Anyway, he sat down with me and he asked me to do it. And I said, yes, I will. So I wrote the book. And the reason I'm so passionate about this topic is because I've broken many records in Mary Kay. Part of that is because of my personality. I'm competitive and I like to win. So I will look for records to beat. and. The beauty of that is I learned how to break them and I learned how to teach other people to do the same. Now, whether you're after a record or you just know that you need to pivot at a higher rate than you've been, per- than you've been doing it before, I call it a quantum leap. No one stays in a perpetual quantum environment, but a leap, a big leap, takes you to another place where you can uh, gain the skill and then bounce off again. So I chose 10 specific things that I would do over and over again that I can teach over and over again and that many people can apply over and over again. It's an easy read because I am dyslexic. It is the simple truth truth, and that's what I put together in that book. I'm very proud of that book. Right. Um, Can you share one or two of the key principles there? I can. Yes. Um, The first one is decision. Um, I think that when I tell people, I learned a lot from Harvard Business School when I was there. I learned a lot. But the number one thing I learned was the art of making a decision. And to simplify it, if you watch people every 24 hours that you're around different people, you will bump into so many people who will say, I got to think about it. I got to think about it. I got to think about it. They're not strong decision makers. However, if you look at the people that you look up to, the head of the organizations, they are big decision makers. That doesn't mean fast decision makers. That just means they are decision makers. Mm-hmm. So if you make a bad decision, you can fix it. If you make a good decision, you're on your way. But no decision is a problem. So the first thing I want to tell people is that um, learn the art of making a good decision is very important. And then I would say one of the things that I absolutely love is one of the chapters talks about hustle. Mm. And I think that because we have so much going on in life, people get caught up in busy, but they don't get caught up in the hustle of doing the things that will create a bigger platform for themselves. Mm -hmm. I honestly believe that we are motivated to change our own circumstance, our family circumstance, and our community's circumstance. Depending on where you are in life will determine which which one of those is most important for you at a time. When I left a very challenging domestic violence situation, I first knew I had to take care of myself. Even though I had two small children, 
you know, you can get confused with where do you put your time and what's most important. But if you, as a mother, do not take care of yourself, you are not going to be in a place where you can create for your children. Once I was great, my children were great, then I could, I could talk to the wider community and help them. But that time, that hard work, that hustle, that discipline had to show up in the right place or you would appear to be like a hamster. Working hard, going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Constant motion, but not necessarily moving forward. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So and frustration. Oh. Big frustration. I tell people that frustration is misplaced expectation. Mm-hmm. So if you continue to do something and you expect year two, year three, you're doing the same activity, year four, you're, you're doing the same activity. You're very frustrated, but you keep doing the same activity. Well, that is, that's phenomenal. Uh, but back up just a minute. Dyslexic. Uh, yes. Nobody, nobody would necessarily believe that an author, a business leader, record breaker, achiever. When did you first learn you were dyslexic and how did that make you feel? Well, this is such an interesting story because I found out I was in, when I was in the seventh grade that I was dyslexic. My mother and father were both educators. That Back in the day then, they did not have a, the same type of test they have today. So my mother was a mother, like many mothers, who would stay up really late. Everyone else was sleeping, and she's like, come on, Gloria, you can get this. Come on. I can teach you how to read. I can teach you how to do arithmetic. The numbers were all messed up in my head. <clears throat> a teacher, my home ec teacher actually, discovered it by the way that I did a book report. And she said, something does not connect because most dyslexic people are very, very smart. But the way they read, and for me, the way I would read and the way that I would write did not show the intelligence that would come out of my mouth or my logical thinking. So um, it was was very challenging Mm -hmm. because I had to have extra work. I had to have extra hours. When I went to Harvard Business School, I had the most humbling experience because I did not tell them in the application I was dyslexic and I almost flunked out of my finance class, except I had a phenomenal teacher who, again, knew I was smart. I just couldn't, he just could not get the connection. You know, if you put one, two, three on the board, I see it as three, one, two. And he could not understand that connection. However, Dan, you know how we say all the things that have happened in our life that at that time seemed to be the most challenging, many times turns out to be the best gift. Mm. I, number one, am very transparent. Many women, when I speak, and I speak inside America, outside America, internationally, I speak a lot. And when I speak, many women come up to me with tears in their eyes, sealed to the brim, because they will say, no one knows I'm dyslexic. I'm afraid to send an email at work. No one knows. I say, girl... Every email I say, send, I say, this is a typo. And if there's a phone number attached, please don't use it until you get the next email from my assistant who has the right <laughs> phone number because yeah. my phone number will be correct. So I've turned my situation into something that doesn't stop me, mm-hmm. that I can um, enjoy by being very transparent. Mm-hmm. And I can free other people by letting them know that that particular thing that you consider to be an issue doesn't have to be an issue unless you let it be. 
unless you let it be. And that's where the free choice and the freedom of will comes in. Right. And thank goodness that, that you were born and equipped and had parents that cared and a teacher that noticed and cared so yeah. that you could realize it's not a it's not a flaw that you can't transcend. It's right, right, right. Yeah, and that's a that's a big thing that you said. Um I tell everybody that I am very fortunate to have been brought up with parents that were intentional about our self-esteem. And um the listeners today, you know, right now it takes parents, it takes grandparents, it takes aunts and uncles. And in our world of direct selling, we are so ingrained with the benefit of encouragement. That is something we can give to our community um, without any cost, without any, um, what I want to say, you don't, you don't have to perform it at a certain time. You don't have to schedule it in. It is just who we are and it permeates into everything that those around us can pick up on. The encouragement that who you are is enough mm -hmm. is really powerful. It's immensely powerful. And the way you describe it is so important. You know, encouragement is something that we can expand, but we can never spend. In other right. words, the more we encourage, the more we have the ability to encourage and the more we become encouraged. Right, right. So I love the way you put that, the benefit of encouragement. And if we could just put that out there catch people doing the things right and point it out to them. Sometimes when you have to slap them across the face and say, wait a minute, you're good. You're, you're good. You did this well. It wasn't luck. It wasn't an accident. So clearly. Right. And that's the same thing when you hang up on someone. And by that, I mean, you, you stop talking to them when they're pouring things into you that are not of encouragement. Right. Right. And people you can allow them to keep talking to you or you can just say, you know, I, I love you, but I have to go right quick. I have to go. Right. I understand. And people don't have to share our dreams, but the people that are the most dear are the ones that support our dreams, whether right. they share it or not. Right. People that right. are not willing to do either just isn't enough time. Right. Isn't enough I time. I agree. Yeah. Well, speaking of time, everybody has a start to their day. Mm. The way we start our day has a big impact, I think, on the whole day. Right. Is there kind of a, a routine or a thought process you go through that from the moment that alarm finally helps you realize it's time to be up? Right. What starts right. your day? The very first thing I do is pray. Hmm. Um, many times if I'm traveling, I'm praying by myself. If I'm not traveling. I'm praying with my husband. So the very first thing that we do when we get up is pray. It just centers us in so many ways. And, and everyone's life is very, very busy. I mean, so for me, I like to go to bed that way. I like to get up that way. Um, number two, I think a big part of my success has been my spiral notebook. Um, for me, it is a very plain system where I have everything written down and I understand it. So if it's written down the night before, I'm clear in the morning. It helps me understand what I have to do for that day because we are very, very busy. Mm -hmm. What I would like to do every day is exercise. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just say that many days I do get on that treadmill. Some days I don't. I'm still very challenged with that when I travel, but it's very important to me. Um, and then I think that those are the three things. For me, uh, books on tapes and Filling, filling my mind with positive things. So for me, it can be a book. It can be music. I love music. And music makes me think of different things. And music 
causes my soul so much joy that it's a priority for me, a priority for me. And, um, you know, the, the morning starts to get busy. Then, then I start talking to my key people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you position yourself correctly at the start of that day, then you're ready for those conversations. Absolutely. That goes so well. Absolutely. That's fantastic. And I believe from the way you conduct yourself and with your enthusiasm, you get plenty of exercise just sitting still. I get my steps in. I'm a <laughs> person and I get my steps in for sure. <laughs> this thing never goes off and says, Gloria, it's time for you to stand up and walk around. No, I, I got that part. <laughs> right. Well, you and my wife will connect on the Fitbit world. So, okay, good. Excellent. That makes total Excellent. sense. Excellent. Well, good. One last question. Yes. Because this, I feel so encouraged. What would you say at the moment to somebody that is just so discouraged? They're just almost without hope. Yes. Yes. What, what what would you advise them to start with? Okay. First, I go back to that question. Do you want to quit or do you want to go? When you're completely spent, completely spent, your money is spent, your energy is spent, your obstacles are spent, the people that are feeding into you are not there for you at this point, the room feels very dark, even in the middle of the day. Do you want to quit on life? Or do you want to go? If the answer is I want to go, the next question I ask is, what's the first step? You know, it's um, Martin Luther King who said, don't focus on the staircase, focus on the next step. Mm. So what's the next step you need to take? And where in those next steps can we find a place to celebrate? What makes you feel good? It may not be what you want it to be, but what can you do that you feel justifies a pat on the back? Not from anybody else, just from yourself. So, um, and I wanted you to know, Dan, I think that's really important for someone who's in a very dark place, as well as those who are very happy, but they want to go to another place. Mm -hmm. You know, what is the next step? But when you're really discouraged, um, the next thing I do want to say, and, and I do do this a lot, and I think this is a big component of why I'm professionally strong in emotional management. I always find something else that's worse off than me. Hmm. Something, someone, some circumstance, you turn on the news, there's something that's usually way worse than what you're dealing with. And so when I find that, I look for that to help me carve my thoughts Mm -hmm. so that I am hungry enough to search for something differently than this woe is me mentality that the situation got me caught up in. And I don't want to beat myself up for being there because it many times it's justified. It's justified, but you just can't stay there. Right. It's okay to absorb it and acknowledge it and be there with it. But don't let it get its hooks into our hearts. Right. And then move forward. Right. And then you start taking other people with you. Right. Right. And that's really expensive. Amazing. Uh, 
Gloria, I, I don't know if I will have anything good happen the rest of the day. I've already had something amazing happen right now. That is so good. That is so good. Thank you for that. I've enjoyed this conversation. You ask great, great questions. Great questions. I cannot wait to invite all my listeners to listen to you. Well, thank you for that. And I look yeah. forward to that opportunity. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for what you do and the way you do it and for making a difference in the world. And thank you. And you continue to be kind. All right. We shall do that. You do exactly the same. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. To stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. Thanks for listening.